Before this episode starts, I want to share with you how I save some costs doing this podcast in collaboration with uh, Corporate Training Solutions Australia, um, run by James and Yoland. Um, when I mentioned my interest of doing um, this interview series, they were very supportive and um, allowed me to use their paid business Zoom account, um, which allowed me to live stream um, to Facebook, uh, my interviews, which you can't do on the free uh, version. And so I've known them for the past five years, um, very biz, uh, relationship focused with regards to um, business. Um, and so he's definitely the type of, both of them are definitely the type of people that I want in my professional network. Uh, CTS, Corporate Training Solutions um, Australia provides professional development courses um, and everyday end user software skills. Reach out to them if you're looking for training for your organisation, uh, government departments and private. They've worked with companies all over Australia and the Pacific, Southeast Asia. Send them an email at info at ctstraining.com.au. Alrighty, it's Malaki here again. Um, really enjoying these catch-ups uh, over the COVID-19 uh, period. Um, I've got a guest uh, today, good friend of mine, Carlos Agio. How are you going today, Carlos? Going well, man. Good. It's good to be here with you. And uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting times. Oh, man. Going well. It's crazy. I definitely want to hear more about what's been going on in your world. Um, very hipster background you got there, mate. Is that your favorite cafe? Yeah, this is my favorite cafe on level 24 on Eagle Street. It's actually our, it's Deloitte kitchen, right? I work for Deloitte and that's our level 24 kitchen area. So, yeah. That's so good. Do you say that photo yourself? I, I can't remember actually. To be, I, I'm trying to remember whether I took this photo or I found somewhere. Uh, but uh, it's one that I enjoy because it, actually it's a pretty social area, right? Like yeah. where people, gives me that a good memory of uh, where you bump into people. Yeah. especially these days we don't bump into people anymore yeah uh, but yeah that's that's what it is really wow that's that's good man and how, how have you been dealing with it personally i guess in terms of the social interaction like i've known you for quite a while now and you're a very social person and this is part of the reason what i've been catching up with people um and just documenting the journey but yeah what's what's one thing i guess you've been you've been um you've been doing to help with the the, the social distancing i guess one of the things that I, I've been more deliberate about is trying to, you know, not skip to business, my conversations, because during the day, let's say that days I have 10, 12 calls, right? Stacked up and video calls or sometimes on the call. So, you know, you can get very transactional very quickly. Yeah. Uh, so personally, I've been trying to, what I call empathy first. Uh, so I've been trying to apply that concept of empathy first and wow. then whatever else, right? So yeah. it takes a little bit of thought because you, you got to consume some good amount of time at the beginning to be engaging with people. Um, so that's what I try to do uh, to ensure that there is more than, there's more, you know, the human side is more evident and prevalent during this time. I love that, mate. And um, and I, I can only suspect like it's well received from, you know, whoever you're, you're speaking to. Like no one's all of a sudden, oh, why are you asking that and go straight into business? Like people like talking about themselves, right? Yeah, they do, right? And at times you actually get, the, oh, this morning. So I had a conversation with a client and uh, naturally we're actually on the, uh, both like a, 
really uh, engaged. Like we went for 10 minutes talking about, uh, you know, uh, and in the end we're talking about uh, yachts and how much it would cost for, you know, like a, for to run a yacht. Like, a, and by the way, I don't have a yacht, right? I can't even <laughs> think about it. But like we were talking about this random thing and then the conversation went totally sideways, but it was cool, right? We connect and eventually, hey, let's drive back home. But it uh, was really good, it was really good. Kept more humane in a way yeah that's how I yeah. Feel. yeah oh 100 percent, mate um that's i mean yeah naturally in any conversation you would do that but to hear that you're being intentional about that during this time i'm sure yeah. it's appreciated yeah. and um do you bring in any of your your own personal passions like obviously brazilian barbecue because you're from brazil i know how good you are on the barbecue or maybe basketball yeah yes at times so mondays are interesting days right because people tend to ask you about the weekend and uh, for me, it's never a complete weekend when there was no barbecue during the weekend. So I was like, uh, you know, I can talk about it and, uh, and uh, go around. Basketball depends, right? Basketball is more niche, I'll put it that way. So it's when, a person, when I have a, previous, a relationship and I know the other individual is an, a, is a, an admirer and appreciates, then yeah. I talk about Netflix has this series going on at the moment called The Last Dance. So yes. I've, been enjoy- I've been loving it. So, uh, yeah. So this is good. I love it. I've seen episode one just on that, The Last Dance. I'm pretty yep. sure. It goes for 10 episodes or something? 10 episodes, yeah. I think this week they are launching the last two, if I'm not wrong. Okay. So is it, it definitely has more of a spin on the bulls or is it more just like Jordan? Now it's folks both, right? So it's folks on Jordan and mainly Jordan yep. during his last season. That's why it's The Last Dance. So basically the concept is, Phil Jackson, the, the coach, right, the, 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 the multi-year winning coach, Phil Jackson, he, he used to have, he always framed a theme for each season. So that was the last, that, that's, that's what I love about it, right? So he quite, he had a, a prophetic tone to what he put it because he said he, he anticipated that was going to be the, their, that team, that strong team, the last dance. So yeah. the theme for the season was the last dance, hence why, uh, that was the 1998 season, right? When they, they won the sixth title and then Jordan uh, retired soon after. Um, so yeah, it's centered around Jordan, in the last, but then they go back, to, you know, in the past, they talk about, so it's really well constructed, right? Around and the, he's the protagonist, but then you've got all the supporting characters, right? Uh, and being interesting to see, one thing that uh, I actually, now linking to this day to, to what we're leaving, I think, it's how leadership, right? Like Jordan had a very, let's say, questionable way. This, if you compare it to the way we look at leadership these days, but uh, very effective, right? In terms of our outcomes. And uh, he wasn't necessarily pleasant, you know, to, to his teammates because he was really stretching them. Um, and they were successful in the end. And, and, but just, yeah, the methods were quite uh, unique, right? And then the focus, the mentality, I think the mindset was... That's something that I've been reflecting. I love that. I know exactly what you're saying in terms of his leadership style because, funnily enough, I listened to a podcast, oh, it might have been six months ago, around the lead, so the other end, the lead up to the Bulls dynasty, the first three-peat, where they, I think they lost back-to-back final series or even getting to the final series to the Pistons. Yeah, the, the, the conference, the conference yeah. final they lost, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so he, so hearing that lead up into the successful, um, obviously, tenor of Jordan and the Bulls was really interesting, I thought. Um, and, and even, yeah, listening to some of that lead up, like you said, his leadership style, like you said, well, for me, it would be confronting, right, personally, but obviously yeah. it, was, it was successful in terms of outcomes. So 
Um, I'm, I'm keen to get in mod. I've seen it like it's all over TikTok. It's all over like Facebook and, and Instagram people talking about it. So if you're recommending it, I might even uh, join Netflix so I can start watching the, the remaining episodes. <laughs> I highly recommend, man. I had, it's good. It's good. If you're a fan of basketball and yeah. especially a Bulls, I'm a Bulls fan, right? So I, 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 I did, I, I did cry when Jordan retired the first time, right? I was like, oh man. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going hopeless here. Too soon. So, what are you retiring for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right after a three-peat, and uh, you know, you are the peak of your career, and uh, you simply go and retire. So it's kind of a, a weird thought, but um, yeah. So do do go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, I'm keen, mate. You went okay. Um. Yeah, so just changing gears, I guess, mate, like obviously during this economic shutdown, it's on the back end of it. Um, so obviously people are starting to adjust more and looking forward to uh, bigger gatherings, I guess. But yeah, in terms of like work schedule or in terms of like, you know, your day to day, how has that impacted you? It has. So, so far in the light we went to, we took a very... Uh, serious right like we took it super seriously and we we respect the government's position on that so we actually followed a lot the government advice uh, and of course we tailored to each geography that we operate but uh, which means basically as soon as the, the idea was if you don't need to be traveling for work you can work remotely we took that to heart and basically the whole corporation the whole business became uh, shifted right pivoted to um, working from home model we we wow. probably we we had i remember a few weeks ago we had in the numbers we had 95% of our people across the country so we're talking about 11,000 people right wow. so 95% of them working from home so the pivot yep. was very successful uh, it came with some challenges right so there's the you know the teething issues at the beginning of uh, uh, getting used to zoom and other platforms right there's all of that uh, i personally felt uh, a little bit of a uh, wore off at the beginning because you know like a, when you're meeting you have a lot of meetings during the day but you walk between meetings you have a time to just you know like a, between buildings at times or you bump into people and here like you literally uh, these wow. days back to back so you finish something yes. and then you're another one another. so you switching context very rapidly without any anything in between um i have been i haven't been very diligent and consistent in creating spaces so I feel some of some people in my business they were really good at uh, and discipline right to create uh, like a gaps so they allow themselves to refresh and reflect and then move on to the new topic, whereas yep. I I probably didn't do well so that was a struggle for me. Yeah. Uh, at times the, I would think I would sit in my desk here like for ten hours and then finish the day and you're like exhausted but you feel like man what have I done right I just did calls calls so it's. I think you get a different appreciation for how virtual work. Uh, so that has been how it impacted my my work style. And on, and I th and just to elaborate a bit more on the economic side, I think it's important, yeah. right? Uh, it has affected me directly as well, uh, uh, economically, right? Uh, we've seen a, a, a slowdown in some areas of the economy, which has impacted, uh, particularly the areas I operate, had some impact. Um, but I. What I find as well is that uh, now we are moving to, so we had this response period, then we've got the recovery, right? And then we, we, we think there's a thrive period coming off the, off the back of the recovery, right? So you recover and then eventually you're gonna thrive. So the, what we, where we were, I'm looking at it, it very optimistically is like the ones who are coming out in this recovery strong or are with the right mindset, 
uh, I think they are, they'll ramp up to that thrive uh, 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 horizon, you know, more quickly. And whereas, like, of course, the ones who have uh, fallen behind and uh, still, you know, like not evolving to a proper recovery model, uh, that's going to prolong, right? And unfortunately, a lot of people, I, th I feel, will be left behind. Mm. Um, so basically what I'm saying is I think the, 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 the effects of this, the people talking about the W recovery, U recovery, I feel it's more like a now, you know, like we had this, this, this deep, steep decline. And then, you know, I think there's a horizontal time where things will take time to tickle through the economy until you start seeing like a, a, a ramp up again, right? So it, it will definitely ramp up, but I feel it's probably like it's more staggered. Yeah, 100%. And I, I mean, it's the same with anything in life, I guess, that, um, you know, whatever time it took for the economy in general and, and businesses particularly to get to a certain level, it doesn't automatically just go back to that same point, I guess, over, right, a, exactly. over a short, sharp period. So I like that, that figure that you said at the L. It's indefinitely just going to be a bit stagnant, I think. And that's... Yeah. It's good to prepare for that. And I like what you're saying about the thrive, like, you know, the particular businesses that are positioning themselves uh, for that long-term um, upward trend and, and will thrive on, on the back end. So, yeah, exactly. Um, I, like exactly. I think this is an opportunity, right, as well. And it's hard at times when you are, it's like when you're walking in a valley, right? Like you within the valley, it's really hard to get perspective and see from above. Yeah. So you, you, you only can see your valley that you're walking, all these massive walls next to you, right? Uh, and it takes the liberty and effort right to go and say you know what let me step out zoom out really and try to see the full perspective of this valley and see where the waterfall is going to be where you know like how where the you know where that uh, uh that promised land it yes. really is yeah. and uh, and that's where i see the thrive can lend us uh, can lead us into right but you got to have that aspiration and not and not be completely consumed by by the response and uh which is demand, right? We know we got to respond. We know we got to recover, but we also need to focus on, hey, we can do better than we were doing before. So yeah, yeah. yeah, I like that. And it's it's a little bit of the micro versus the macro. Like, okay, yeah, we do definitely need to plan for now, but also having that visionary, like yeah. long long term view. Um, I like I like what you're saying there. Um, the other question I was going to ask actually, and it wasn't really in the um, question, so I hope you don't mind. Um, yeah. But you you have like a, a quite a good background um, and you've been in the industry for quite some time, close to 15 years. Have you seen something, uh, I guess, similar in terms of, you know, there obviously was a GFC in 2008 um, and even previously before that, there was some economic upturn. Um, what, what, what's some of the things, I guess, that, you know, that gives you confidence that, you know, you've obviously been through the GFC 2008 and other sort of, um, I guess, periods of time where, um, you know, companies that you work for are, 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 haven't been successful like what's what's one thing that you've just oh, okay seen tried and true it's happened before and so this is why we're going to be okay sort of thing based off you know your 15 years of experience in the industry yeah so do you, well first of all let's let's preface this right I, I think this is unique in terms of event for our generation right not perhaps historically perhaps historically we may have had we just can't have we can grasp the significance of uh, i don't know spanish flu and other events in society or world wars right uh, they must have their own, perhaps at the time, the significance of those events were bigger than this one. It's hard to really compare. Yeah. But for our generation, to me, this is unique. Like when I look back at GFC, for example, I remember I was, I was living in Brazil at the time where I grew yeah. up um, and the GFC hit. But uh, interestingly enough, like uh, 
it didn't hit at the time Brazil as hard as other countries, right? And, uh, and uh, I think Australia as well, kind of, uh, the, these countries were very commodity-based and they had the natural resource and, and especially Brazil had a very strong internal market, uh, about 200 million people, right, to consume. So people could pivot from the external, you know, from exports into low internal market and they kept going. However, uh, and that's my probably the, the, the learning that I take to this, to this phase right now that we are living, right, to this uh, crisis. What I felt that uh, a lot of organizations uh, doubled down on, they were, one, they didn't lose sight of performance, right? They were like very performance driven still, like even though you would see businesses say, uh, there's no sales activity has reduced, you know, there is more uh, uh, supply than demand and all of, all of that had affected, right, the cycle. And the fear as well in the economy, so people didn't want to spend, uh, but we saw organizations, and I was working for a software company at the time, that uh, they, they didn't lose sight of, uh, hey, we've been on this mission, there is something we want to achieve, we are, there's a purpose behind what we do, we, want, you know, we want to improve businesses, we want people who, to be able to do more with less. So the message doesn't change, we want people to still thrive in an environment that's now a little bit harder. Right? Yeah. And uh, that performance mentality was our mantra, so we, we are here to help people perform better. And uh, and we kept strong on that message. What we adjusted is for the now, so people, because unfortunately people are losing jobs and during the GFC, uh, what we found is like the, the workload may not have reduced, right? At the same proportion for some instance. So where we found opportunities where like, hey, you gotta do more with less right now. And uh, we had at the time uh, uh, solutions to help like with automation and things like that, right? Within the technology, really leveraging, leveraging technology. That in my view yeah. was the first wave of technology really becoming in the fabric during yeah. the GFC. So, yeah. and that's where we saw Uber, right? Platforms, people like that launching into reality. That's true, uh, yeah. They, they came out of the crisis, right? So yeah. I, I don't know who's gonna be our next Uber's next Amazon, yeah. right? No one can predict, but uh, I'm 100% sure there will be the winners coming out of this who have look at the you know the crisis as an opportunity to reinvent themselves get technology to be more within the fabric of what you do digital transformation right we've been yeah. talking about digital transformation for 20 years right it's part of what i do as well yeah and but the adoption hasn't been at the speed that it should but yes. uh, i think prizes are accelerating that adoption yeah uh, yeah so I don't know well, if I responded to your question, but I think it's that's my perspective on the on the. On oh, hundred percent. I mean, the digital transformation, like you said, it's probably been an ongoing conversation for as long as anyone can remember. And um, yeah, I, I guess the other thing would be too is uh, it's it's never too late. Like even though you know businesses that maybe feel like oh they haven't got a digital footprint or they haven't um, migrated particular services like you know onto um, software online or cloud-based um, services and stuff like that it's never too late like i guess that's probably a good thing to remember too like you can always start right um and like Absolutely. you said the conversation's probably been going for a long time and because of yeah. COVID, it's kind of forced it but i mean anyone out there that's still not and that's not necessarily the whole thing but the pockets maybe pockets of their business yeah. that they're looking at streamlining i mean it's never too late to start 100% agree 100% agree mm -hmm. uh, and you touched on good points right so when you talk about cloud for example I'm a big advocate of the value the cloud, for example, brings. One of the, for example, we're having this interaction right now. This is powered by cloud, right? Zoom is a basically, a, is a digital business, right? Yeah. And, uh, and hosted in a cloud somewhere. What happened, what I feel that local businesses and uh, restaurants and uh, 
people have take as an example like restaurant right i just thought of this one because i read an article a few weeks ago these guys in melbourne who pivoted right to they were they had a brand as a physical restaurant so people go there i enjoy eating the meals there i know you know the chef had his own reputation in the market but what they did is they pivoted straight away as soon as they got shut down to hey you start you enjoy eating with us so we're gonna have a, men a weekly menu we prepare all the ingredients and we deliver to your door and we're going to do an online session. So you cook with us. So the chef, wow. so the, you see the experience, the guy took to the next level. That's great. And, you know, where, what I love about the story is that whilst everyone else was shutting down and losing and unfortunately letting go their people, good employees were right, being with them, chefs and so on. These guys were hiring because yes. they just couldn't contain that. You know, the demand was so high and people like ourselves, you know, young families, young professionals, they want to, they still want to ex have the experience and uh, and uh, you know have those the, the special meals once or twice a week and nothing better than you know i love the like with my local restaurant and my chef the guy who i love in the favorite yeah. i've got all the ingredients and i'm cooking with the guy right yeah uh, so i this is the type of mindset that i think more people should this is a simple example but how many other examples like that could be done if you had but you, you got to remember the main reason he could do it is one, he had a solid business in the physical world, right? So yes. a lot of our yep. people have, so, but he also jumped onto the digital enablers straight away. So he had the tools to, and you know, like he implemented the tools really rapidly to exchange, for example, as a platform business, right? So people buy the ingredients all online, the experience, they get delivered to their door. Then there's a platform like that. So people watching, they can follow the recipes, they can zoom out, they can play back, they can see the ingredients. Uh, anyway, so that's my point. I think uh, yeah. you should leverage the innovation that people like Microsoft, AWS, Google, they put billions and billions of dollars in innovation, right? Why would you not tap into that innovation that someone else is paying for you, right? And yeah. then you go and benefit from it instead of yeah. trying to create your own innovation on your own tools. So that's 100%. my perspective. I love that, man. And just a follow-up question, I guess, in and around that, which I'm sure you've seen just in your day-to-day, -day, not only um, you know, where you work, but just you're obviously passionate about it. Um, and back on that example, it sounds like one of the key things that that business did was speed, right? Like he, he just executed straight away. And so um, how, how important, I guess, in your opinion is, you know, when you're thinking about like quality or is this important and then speed or production, like out of, out of sort of a list of all those things that, um, either you know businesses need to either look at transformation or how do they may um, tap into you know a, a digital footprint? How important is speed? I guess in in that in that list. <laughs> that, that's a great question. Uh, what a my without going too far into agile as a discipline. I don't know if you've ever heard of agile, right? Agile delivery. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Agile had its point where it was trained, it was speak, was like cool, and now it became real, right? Like, okay, people, they understand that agility is required. And let me tell you why I'm bringing that up. Because I'm, um, I consider myself an agilist, right? Like I go with the certifications and blah, 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 but take that aside. Uh, agile has the manifesto that was written back in, I think 1998 or something like that, right? Wow. And there's, there's some principles behind that manifesto. And one of the things that just nails that to the head is a lot of IT projects, right, at the time were failing, 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 never realized the benefits they were promised because they were following a methodology, like what we call waterfall, which is you are an engineer, right? Like you understand, like it, when you're doing construction, 
you can be agile, right? You got to make the foundation right, and then you got you got to think through very, very well, right, through the steps. Where software tends to be, uh, they, up until that point in time, things have changed, right? But there was not much maturity understanding the expectation of the user right and and the builder so the, the the developer so there was a big gap there so people try to anticipate everything beforehand and then go to a a, a basement somewhere right write code for six months and come back hey he uses software and then the the users wouldn't use it right because the application hey I, that's not what i meant or i didn't mean mm, this that's yeah. not what i was trying to get so agile came as a way as evolved right as a way to say you know what it's all about a, a soft running software over documentation it's about prioritization right so it's and then in deloitte we have our own frame around it we call it speed over elegance right during a time like this so that's wow. that, yeah that's I the frame that. i love that that's so good exactly so during this crisis right we've been applying that ourselves like a speed over elegance so yeah. you kind of uh, hey let's get things out so people can consume and then we iterate we collect feedback and there's a new version whereas before you would hey let's get it perfect right and uh and that takes time so 100 percent you gotta you gotta have speed uh, uh, over elegance at times like this i i love that that um i think i'm gonna be start i'm gonna start using that more <laughs> yeah, just, in, a... just in day-to-day like it it totally makes sense yeah like the uh trying to get something perfect. Whereas if you're, if you're just getting it out quickly and then allowing that sort of feedback to inform then further decisions, I like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's really cool, mate. So um, I guess just changing gears a little bit as well. Um, yeah, given sort of the situation that we're in, um, I try and ask some thought provoking questions and um, yeah, based off, you know, your, your personal background, like, you know, where you grew up, um, how, how is any of that sort of um, informing this this season? You know that um, it's obviously want to be sensitive to to, to situate people's situations, like um, you know people losing jobs and stuff. But you know, for, for you personally, you know, in terms of where you grew up and your upbringing, how has a lot of that um, informed you know your 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 ability to navigate this this season? Okay, so put it that way. I don't think. That's, that's it's always unique right when you are in the moment you feel like a, a exacerbated the pain yeah. so right yeah. now definitely right uh, i share i empathize with people losing jobs like uh, yeah. as i said like i've been impacted on an income level as well we have taken a decision to to reduce salaries across the business right to save to save as many jobs as we can so that has been the approach uh, which I, i'm very proud of but at the same time, right, like a crease, uh, 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 what happens now has always a degree of, a, you know, learning that you can bring from the past. So answering your question, I can tell you a story. So 19, uh, 1991, uh, Brazil had come from a military uh, uh, command, right? So Brazil in the 80s, uh, in this 1969, I think, to 1970, oh, sorry, 1974 to 1985, 86. Brazil was uh, governed, right, by military. Wow. So after that, then they selected a president, but that wasn't direct, it wasn't democratic voting. So it was a, was a president, but it was a transition from the military to, to presidential model. And then in 1990, we had the first uh, democratic election, right, in the country. And I was eight years old. So, but I remember vividly, right, my dad going there to vote, you know, people are proud, like uh, choosing my, my, my representative in government, right? And 
the story goes, then uh, 1991, the guy gets impeached, right? So the first president <laughs> out of a whole era, and then there's an impeachment uh, uh, the oh, next yeah. year, right? And before he got impeached, he actually, he, 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 I forgot the technical term for that, but what basically is like he confiscated, right? All uh, the savings. So he blocked, no one could take money out of banks. So all your savings were confiscated. And uh, the inflation was around 1000%, right? Like uh, at a time. So imagine like uh, you live in an environment where uh, inflation is at thousands, right? So you'd be, the country would communicate nationally cutting zeros every six months. So they've cut three zeros to go back because at some point it was unmanageable, right? We're talking about to purchase, for example, I remember going to the, to the, to the shop and bu uh, buying bubble gum. And I would be paying like a 1 million, right? Uh, at the time, whatever the currency was, so 1 million to buy. So they would cut zeros. The, the main reason I'm saying, I'm saying that story is because my dad lost his job. That yeah. Half of the economy was informal in the country. Yeah. So no one really had uh, formal jobs. So you had to be quite creative, right? And, uh, and I remember my, we never lacked anything. Like well, the only thing really, like we transitioned to state school instead of private and we had the transition period. Uh, but what I do remember is like people were very creative, right? And uh, and then my dad, simple things like for example, they couldn't hold the local currency; they had to convert everything to dollar, American dollar. Otherwise, the money just devalued so quickly, right? And uh, and also people had to spend because and then the inflation side kept on going because people were spending more because they wanted reverting to goods that they could make money out of it, right? Um, but the way I look back is that was one crisis, right? And then 1994, we had another crisis, right? Uh, so Brazil was recovering, and then there was another crisis. And um, then uh, 19, uh, I think 1998, uh, we had another event. So I do remember, like, from throughout my life, at least like uh, five, six events where the country was in crisis and uh, unemployment rate super high, uh, you know, and uh, and that was definitely, I think that shaped me in a way, like seeing how my father, right, my dad, how he had to be always creative, always, uh, always bunch, you know, like going after bringing, you know, basically bringing income, right, to sustain the house. But uh, at the same time, looking broadly, the impact that it had on the whole population, right, people would be left behind and stuff like that. But uh, it gave you a more, I think gives you a sense, a stronger sense of resilience, but, but more yeah. importantly, appreciation as well yeah, yeah so when i see people losing their jobs right now it's not like a ah you know i've seen that happen before no 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 no. hey i feel your pain right yeah. i feel your pain uh look i've seen that happening i've seen my dad lose his job and how that affected our family right we had no certainty of anything anymore right and uh, we had to rely at times on you know small jobs informal economy and we survived and we came out stronger right and uh so I empathize, put it that way, with people yeah. say, hey, I see that. But uh, my optimist side also says, hey, you can come out of this, right? This can shape you. This can make you stronger. And this journey will take you propel forward, right? Yeah. Um, so for me, it worked like that. When I look back, like, uh, but don't get me wrong. I still get the fears, right? When I see things like, oh, unemployment going to soaring. And so still there is a side of me that, you know, the fear kicks in. Yeah. But uh, but those are the moments that I look back and say, you know what? But I've seen a similarities to the past, and we always came out stronger. So yeah. Yeah. I totally believe that uh, uh, the future, the future, it's uh, this shapes you, but the future yeah. is is optimal. It's it's better than what we're facing right now. I love that. <clears throat> I love yeah. Thanks, thanks so much for sharing that, man. I, 
Didn't know um, a lot of those things about Brazil and obviously about your um, your past. So that's your personal past. So that's that's really cool. Um, I like what you're saying about the creativity as well. Like, mm. you know, when you're backed into a corner um, in any situation in life, let alone this current one, it's amazing. Like the the creativity that it kind of forces you into, I guess, and um, yeah. and some of the things that come out of that on the other side. So um, to- totally, that's totally true. agree and enjoy that story. Um, well, thanks for catching up, mate. Um, it's, it's been fun. Um, yeah, obviously hearing hearing a lot more about what's going on, and I think I'm, uh, we're formally going to get a um, subscription to Netflix to see if I can watch uh, the last best. <laughs> oh yeah, but um, I guess just as you know, uh, the parting question, I guess. Um, yeah, anyone who's watching this from uh, my network or yours, um, is there anyone that can? Um, help you out in, in this time in from a business focus, professional um, focus, or any focus rather? Mm-hmm. Look, um, probably it's, it's a very good question, right? Um, I, the, the sector that I work, right, it's a lot, it's a, it's a, it tends to have long cycles. So when you, when you engage with a client, right? Like a lot of our work is, is relating to something that the client wants to transform, right? And especially in the space I play, it's around the data analytics, uh, technology-driven uh, opportunities. So I tend to engage a lot with uh, uh, clients who are going through that process. So of course, if people have any, you know, anyone in particular who are dealing with difficulties in, hey, how do I transform my business? How do I move into that? Uh, I want to be digitally enabled, right? Not just the jargon or just the hype around it. I really want to effectively yeah. uh, leverage, you know, what, uh, what the benefits of what you're talking about being data driven, using more cloud, like what does that look like? How do I make it happen? So that's the type of conversation I want to be involved. So if people are struggling with that, or, or even if, if they want to just bounce off, like I enjoy the topic, right? Yeah. So I wouldn't mind engaging with people to help them out. Yeah. So that's, that's probably a good way to put it. And by the way, good. if you if you don't buy the Netflix uh, uh, subscription, since you and Tiggs are perfect uh, babysitters, right? You can come over oh. one night here and you just binge watch, man. For for eight, you get you catch up and you look after my kids. So win win, right? There we go. We're we're probably going to take you up on that offer, actually. Yeah, because we enjoyed it the last time. So no, nah, definitely, I might actually wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You save some cash, and uh, we both achieve our outcomes. Oh, that's great. Thanks very much, mate. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, have, have a good week and uh, chat to you again soon. Cheers. Thanks, man. See you, mate. Yeah.